If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. When I think about the word person, literally like the meaning of the word person, which I'm not, I know I don't study words for a living, but like, but, but you know, purse apparently coming from uh, the, the, you know, Latin person, meaning sound sun, you know, sound, and, and per meaning mask. So being a person is, it's actually about a sound through a mask. Mm. Meaning that we all carry masks in a way, our personalities. We all have egos in a way that perform certain things in order to feel like we belong, right? In order to feel like we're, we're safe, secure, and worthy. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm flipping this, right? <laughs> Just to say, in a way, right, this is a human thing. And part of what we want to do is locate the way the masks that we hold, right? The imposterism that we all may practice, how it shows up, and what would it look like when we drop into a sense of what's most important to us, who we are, the truth of our heart, our gifts, our talents, what we're here to do in this world. Welcome to Wow Black a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while Black. If Black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-Black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, welcome back once again. As always, we are so glad to be with you with a dope-ass topic today. And honestly, a topic we have heard so many times people wanting us to delve into. As simple as I can put it, today is about suffering from imposter syndrome. And if you don't know what that is... You're going to find out real soon. You're if you learn do, today. <laughs> exactly. If you do know what it is, then your ears just perked up because I know I deal with it and just about everyone that I know deals with it. We're forced to manage through it. We're going to have a really good conversation today about it, how to handle it, what it means, and just get you educated like we always do. Yeah. People probably dealing with it and don't even know what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Just wondering why they don't believe in themselves all the time. So, as always, I want to get our guest live in the space, in your face. And we've got a dope one today. I've had the chance to work with him on a couple of initiatives. I have been crazy impressed. So I love it when I can bring you a personal guest to the show. And that's what we're doing today. So I want to introduce Didier Sylvain. And Didier is a certified life alignment coach and consultant in leadership and personal development. And even more so, he lives his life and builds his practice and helps us by applying grounded wisdom and adaptive frameworks to life's challenges and opportunities, making sure that they can help you transform yourself, your organization, your team, and your life. And so with that, Didier, brother, welcome to Wild Black. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate y'all for having me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, man, if you don't mind, take a few seconds. And just tell the people a little bit more about yourself. Let them know how dope you really are. Flex on. <laughs> Flex on. Strong, right, exactly. Strong arm. I'm, I'm, I'm flexing right now. Okay. So, <laughs> so literally just flex. I just flex my muscles. So, um, no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's a real honor to be here. So, yeah, born and raised in New York, child of Haitian immigrants. Um, I have been in the leadership development and life alignment world for most of my life, most of my working life. I spend most of my time designing and delivering uh, learning experiences, transformative learning experiences for people to step into their power, to stand in their power and give their gifts um, to the world in service of a more equitable, beloved community that we're here to steward and create on this planet. So I love that. That's what that's what that's that's what wakes me up in the morning. That's what keeps me up at night. <laughs> um, it's what's what animates me. And so. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to be here with you all today. Brother Didier, <laughs> I know you've listened to Wild Black, so you know what's coming next. It's time for, for this Wild <laughs> Black shit. And, and I want to, Art is going to run us through it, but I want to preface this. Like, keep in mind, as I, as I was building this, I was sitting back. It was about 2.30 in the morning. I woke my wife up because past the mic, volume <laughs> three came out. 
He woke his wife up at 2.30. <laughs> I heard that too. Yo, yo. This, this better be good. Yo. This, this is noteworthy. Listeners, if you are not up on past the mic volumes one, two, and three, this is not an ad. I have not been paid. Go check that out. <laughs> if you a music person, you got to check it out. So that is the inspiration for today's Wild Black Shit. I was up jamming to Bobby Brown, Ralph Tresvin. I, I ain't going to go into it. Just <laughs> go look it up on YouTube. Dope time. But keep in mind, that's where um, the emphasis and the catalyst for this wild black shit came from. So I'm going to shut up and let Art jump into this thing. <laughs> Brother Art. Y- y'all notice he didn't finish the, the 2.30 wake-up shit. <laughs> so, just the preface. Just the preface. Right, right. He's, he's building. He's building on that. Building. After that long marriage, man, when you wake him up at that time in the morning, you know, it's just certain things got to go down. Certain things just got to go down. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't wake up for much at 2.30. Not at 2.30. Good music. And, you know. <laughs> hey, that's life while black. Yes. That's life while black, Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. There it is. And an amazing well, wife for that 2.30 wake up. That's it. All right. Let's, let's jump right into this wild black shit. So, Basically, three questions. Two questions get you warmed up. And then the third question is our signature question that we ask every single guest. Um, and we usually get some really, really dope responses. So let's warm you up with the first question. You ready to go? I am ready. All right. So we know the 90s and the 2000s was a time when soundtracks used to go really, really hard. So mm. we're going to hit you with a few dope-ass black movie soundtracks and some songs from those soundtracks and you just tell us what movie they came from. <laughs> now, now oh, since, yeah. since you, you shared the fucking inspiration, right, in the 30 Wake Up, <laughs> let's see. So, let's see. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give you four. You just give him one at a time. We're going to move him slow. Yeah, I'll give you. Yeah, so okay. some time with this. You know? And then they, so they, get, hit, they get hit, hit me with the... This is going to be crazy. The, the challenge category, Okay. <laughs> Right, hit, ahead, hit him, hit him with A first, see if he gets it. If not, we'll give oh, him no. B. If not, if not yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> the song is I Want to Sex You Up by Color Me Bad. Oh, uh, oh, uh, White Man Can't Jump. No. In the spirit of White Man Can't Jump, you took a shot. You took a yeah, shot. That was a, that was a, that was <laughs> a, a shot. You know. All right, then we're going to give you the second one. These all are songs from this movie. Oh, from, from this movie, movie soundtrack. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, Dreaming by Christopher Williams. Don't wake me. I'm dreaming. Oh, y'all killing me right now. See, we, okay. <laughs> we, didn't, got, we didn't got Vince the motherfucking sing on the mic. Yo, yo, okay. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, <laughs> I appreciate the, the, the singing and the artistry here. But y'all killing me with this, with this, this film. Okay, hit me with the C and the D and the okay. E if I need okay. it. Okay, <laughs> C. For the love of money. People will rob their own mother for the love of money. And then living in the city. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Troop, Levert, Queen Latifah. Um, set it off. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's shooting them shots. <laughs> I, I am, I am going to, is there like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a, you know, you call it a friend? A, a lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't get it after this next one, we'll give it to you. But you, okay. you got the other ones. Nah. New Jack Hustler by Ice-T. New, 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 new Jack Hustler. <laughs> Vince, I'm, Vince, I'm waiting for you to spit the verse. I'm waiting for you to spit the That's Nino's theme. Nino. Nino's theme. You know... N- Nino Brown. I have to. I have to. I have to just admit, like I, I do not know. Oh, I do not know. Shit. Brother so, New so Jack City, brother you, New Jack City. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta watch that movie tonight. Just uh, you gotta watch. That I movie. mean, I have to rewatch that movie tonight. So clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly, it's, it's been some time. It's been a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Look, right it's now. been a little bit. Either, either you're making me feel very dated, very aged, <laughs> or just, or just neglectful and forgetful. Either, Every way, listener is looking at the, I, at the at the at the player like what? what? Like what? Like what? Like what? And then the click off. <laughs> All right. The the second movie, I Die Without You, PM Dawn. Mm. I don't. I don't even. I, I don't remember. remember. I mean, it's I, I love PM Dawn, but right. Okay. Is that it? Is that it? That yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. That's a song. Well, that sounds like Boomerang to me. Boom! You went. Look at guy killed him. Look, he sounds like Boomerang. <laughs> yeah. He came Damn. back to redeem himself. Right. I got this. You see how he just subtly threw it in there. <laughs> you that was see a the, the, sweat, like the sweat, the sweat bullets like falling down my face. <laughs> Go ahead, hit it with uh, question number two. Question brother. two. Question two. All right, hit us with three songs, plus the group or the singer 
that absolutely have to appear on anyone's 90s or 2000s slow jam. <laughs> Deluxe, Boone's Farm, and Hennessy get the draws mixtape. Volume DDA. <laughs> now, this is a secret playlist. I just want to let everybody know that this is, this is very personal, okay? So, <laughs> I would say... Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One one Mogan by D'Angelo. Okay. 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 Yeah. You starting yeah. out strong. Okay. Would be number one. Might be the only one because that's a strong one. I mean, well, I, you know, he might just play this on repeat. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you could play that. Actually, you know what? I'll just say you could play that entire album. In fact, I would say, I would say Voodoo start to finish. So I'm gonna uh, hit you with. 14 or 13 tracks rather than three. I'm just going to say that. Just let that, let that entire you. album, let that entire you. album play. All right, third question. This is a signature <laughs> question. We ask every single Wild Black guest this question. What do you love most about life while black? I love the sense of infinitude. The sense of feeling a creative spirit that precedes my existence that will continue to exist after I'm gone. That is the universe, that is the Black creative spirit that is responsible for culture, it's responsible for life itself, regardless of anything in the face of anything. That's gorgeous. Infinitude. I mean, what that to me, that is, that is what, and in a way, that is what, I mean, we're, we're going to get into it, I imagine, right, in this conversation, but as we think about Black, creativity. We think about a creative spirit that animates the life right, of, of, of ourselves individually and collectively. There is nothing but a set of infinite possibilities we always have available to engage, to create from, to choose from. And to me, that is the essence of Blackness. I mean, that's the universe. <laughs> you know? And that is, and that's we. That's, that's, that's we. I, I just, I love the the infinite, the perspective that you added there. Just the fact that there's there's nothing that's outside of the boundaries for us. Like, it, we're truly infinite. And I've never thought about it that way. I think the closest I came was um, CeeLo talked about Black being expansive. Mm-hmm. But we just took it a level, a level past where he is. And I think it's actually really, really good for the conversation we're going to have today because we're actually coming from a place where you, where you think about imposter syndrome, it can almost be the opposite of, of limitless, the opposite of infinite because it can stifle you. It can control how far you can go just based off a lack of belief in yourself, if, if that's even the right way to put it. And I know you're going to break it down to us. So mm. bef- before we get there, I want to jump into the dope quote. It matters to today's conversation because I think it's important for people to recognize that dealing with imposter syndrome is not something that the quote-unquote common folk deal with, right? It's, it is something that affects all of us at some point. And as I was doing my research, I found an, an, a quote from Maya Angelou, and it's talking specifically about imposter syndrome. And we think about Maya Angelou in, in forms of greatness, right? When you, when you think about limitless, when you think about infinite, She's one of the people that has to come to mind just because she didn't seem to be contained by anything. Yet by this quote, which I'm getting ready to read now, she suffered with it as well. And the quote reads, I have written 11 books, but each time I think, uh-oh, they're going to find me out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out by Miss Maya Angelou. So Didier, when you hear that quote, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Yeah, I'm familiar with that quote. And I, actually, I'm just getting chills as... As um, like in this moment, I think in part because of how, I mean, if any human being, right? If if you allow yourself to be human, you can see yourself in Maya Angelou's words there. Mm. So what comes up first for me is it. I mean, eleven books, you know, like <laughs> like the 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 magnitude of impact, right? Is is so astounding. This is like legendary status at this point, right? 
still is not enough to feel that one deserves a seat right at the table or that one is worthy and deserving right of um, their existence and their creation and to me um that just sounds like uh, a human a human being desperately wanting to belong yeah and and that's and that's that's human when i think about someone like her I'm a golfer, and it's it's almost like the feeling I get when I watch Tiger Woods duff a shot, right? The feeling, the reminder that we are all human. And and even in her case, right, with the celebrity we see, with the star we see, with the influence that we see and feel from her and from her words, at the end of the night when she goes to bed, she is a black woman, a human, just like we are. And she deals with some of the same limitations. And And the reason I want to talk about that and point it out is because I think it's I think it's important to recognize that we all have a struggle to overcome in order to achieve our definition of greatness or success. And that just as easily as someone of her magnitude can feel that way, someone who feels that way can also go out and create an impact equal to or greater than what she's done. We all have the ability in ourselves to become great if we can find our way there. And hopefully through this conversation today, we help to unblock some people so that they can go and find their greatness. So. With that, I kind of want to jump into this core conversation and start with the the most important question that, that I think I'll ask today, which is, what is imposter syndrome? The first thing I'll say is that we might even reframe the question because to call imposter syndrome as a syndrome is a bit misleading. Right. Right. To suggest that it's some type of disease or some type of um, kind of odd, exceptional condition. Right. When actually we're talking about a very normalized tendency, a very human tendency, a common tendency right. of uh, feeling that no accomplishment is enough, that the sense that uh, one is a fraud, that one is a fraud and that one really is, I mean, as Maya Angelou said, right, that I'm going to be found out because I'm a fraud. <laughs> right. And, and part of the language of imposter syndrome, I think, is is language that sometimes can be can be helpful at least to have us look at the ways um, we have narratives that have us experience right a sense that um, it doesn't matter what we do right but we just we're just not enough right right we're just not enough and it's quite I mean it's it's heartbreaking like when you when you actually feel into that like I, I feel into that in myself right I feel into it in in our communities, right? It's just a very human thing. And it's heartbreaking when actually considering, I mean, you used the word, uh, Vince, the er- earlier, you know, suffering. Right. Right. There's real suffering that, that's tied to this. And so what what we're here to discover, right, is that it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Right. They're actually, it's, it's possible to be in a place of choice when we actually can see, name, and expand beyond the narratives that we hold that say, we're a fraud. It's possible, right? But it starts with building some muscles um, and actually seeing its cunning ways <laughs> and how it shows up in our lives and in our uh, in our relationships. So, a, a quick follow up to that. Like I, I talked about at the beginning of of our conversation, that I, I deal with it too, and so many super successful people that I know also deal with it. So, when you're the kind of person who, in most moments of the day, you feel truly and all the way that you can do anything, right? That, that's my motto. I tell people, I can do anything. You mm-hmm. just give me the opportunity. And when I fail at something, that's the outlier, right? But mm-hmm. even knowing that that is how I feel, and even looking at the levels of success that I've been able to achieve, there are still moments when doubt creeps in. There are still moments when I truly feel like at any second, they will figure out that I'm full of shit and it will all come crumbling down. Where does that come from? Especially, again, especially when you consider so many of us are confident. Where does that come from? How, how does it become such a part of who we are? Because no one whispers in my ear, you ain't shit. Right. But where does that come from? Right, right. And some of us actually have received those whispers. Right, right. Some of us actually have received them as shouts. Yeah. Right, Great if point. you inhabit a black body, <laughs> for example, 
um, there there are different types of whispers and shouts that also say, yeah. um, you're a fraud in in the story of being human. Like you're actually not human. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, That's a so great there, point. Yeah. There are there so so part of it is um you know just doing the the work that we always have available to us to see how um sometimes you know we have been socialized um in oppressive ways. Part mm-hmm. of it is how we internalize all of our history, right? All of our experience. And so for each of us, you know, as human beings, um, you know, I spend so with in, in my work, I spend a lot of time having conversations with people who are in a moment of transition, looking to um, take their life or their leadership to, a, to another place, to another level for greater sense of fulfillment or impact. And I often say, you know, we could, we could equip you with all the tools, all the new, um, you know, perspectives and strategies and how you can make a bigger impact in the world. But unless we're attending to our history... Right, which is always right. rushing forth into the present. Unless we're rushing, unless we, unless we attend to that, right? We're not. Nothing's going to change, you know. So, so one one way to address your question, Vince, around you know where does this stuff come from? Where does these tendencies of imposterism? Where do they come from? Well, they come from the way we've been shaped, right? The way we've been the way we've been shaped as human beings, and because you know we're meaning making machines. Right, just wired to make meaning from the things that happen, whether it's in our family of origin, our intimate, the intimate networks we grew up with, communities we were part of growing up, the institutions we were part of, the schools, you know, church, whatever, you know, um, our places of employment or work or social norms, historical forces, like all these things, landscape, like all, we're shaped by by all these different forces, right? And and as young folks through through adulthood, and Along the way, we form a, a meaning <laughs> from something that happens, right? Something happens that tells us um, we're not enough or that we're a fraud, right? Or that we, we need to do something or be someone in order to be worthy. Right. Considering um, the fate and the, the, the historical context of, of, of our journey as Black people, that we may suffer or experience that that syndrome or, or that that feeling or that mental um hey there ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster oh you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you yeah or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about well get ready to feel that excitement all over again because amazon prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level absolutely prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Space more than 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 others. Does racism affect Black people uniquely? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and I appreciate the question though, right? Because it's we're saying specifically, right? How does what what role does racism have in imposter syndrome? Right? Or or what or what? What what is unique about inhabiting a black body, right? Absolutely. And experiencing imposter, you know, imposterism, and and that's you know, it's an important question. And so, you know, I would I would say in the same ways that we think and see how racism and structural violence against black bodies and how all this is internalized, how all that how that impacts a sense of humanness, right? Am I a sense of being a legitimate? dignified human being that's that's worthy right we have we i mean part of the the reason why the cultural output and infinite you know cultural expressions of black folks around the planet for all time it seems is so vast and so deep and so glorious and magnanimous is you know because we we like part of it is that infinitude we were talking about us is this just something this is something right part of it is ancestral part of it is cultural you know part of it is political you know it's just a way that we respond to 
the the various violences of inhabiting a black body in in this world, you know. And so, um, so it is the challenges are unique, but the opportunities to create and choose, you know, who we want to be and how we live in this world is also great and unique. It's listed as a syndrome, right? As if it's mm-hmm. an illness or or something's necessarily wrong with some someone who who exhibits that behavior. But do you think it, it it's an uh, illness like a mental illness like to the likes of like a depression or a schizophrenia or do you how do, how do you kind of frame what this is? I mean, there there are clinical psychologists who will give you a different answer, right? Folks that are trained, you know, psychologists. Um, as as someone who spends a lot of time with people, so so rather than the work of therapy, which is often kind of oriented towards our history, right? And, and our past experiences and our trauma. Um, I, my work, while attending to that, spends energy in our future and the new choices, new possibilities, new, new outcomes that we want for our lives. And in my work, I see that um, it's a human experience. It's a human experience that, that um, causes suffering, right? The feeling of, of being a fraud, right? It causes suffering. What I call it an illness, um, I call it, or I would call it a disease. I think it'd be more appropriate to call it a source of dis-ease, right? A source of something mm. that creates a sense of a lack of ease in who we are and how we navigate this world because of a sense of not being enough. Okay. And so that, that, that's, that's, you know, however we want to label it, right? Whether it's a, an, an illness or a disease or dis-ease, I think the, the, the opportunity for discovery here is that um, it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> um, we've been shaped that way um, in many, you know, in lots of different contexts. You know, we have different narratives, each of us, but, but it doesn't have to be that way. Hey, Wild Black listeners. I know we're having a great conversation today. I want to break and give you a quick word from one of our sponsors. Listen, y'all, the presidential election is coming up soon, and I don't have to tell you what's at stake. I don't have to tell you how important it is, but what I can tell you is if we don't pay attention to our history, well, you know the rest. And that's why what I'm about to tell you is so important. I want you to check out a new podcast. It's called 6020, The Election of 1960, and it's Echoes Today. And it tells the story of the Kennedy campaign and how it influenced American campaigns since. The series covers the 1960 campaign from the primaries through election night, highlighting key moments and lesser-known stories in the race leading up to the final vote, and how JFK and his team worked to win over black voters who were skeptical of his commitment to civil rights. Sounds kind of familiar, right? 6020 also gives listeners a sense of what was happening in America during this pivotal time as sit-ins and other demonstrations against racial segregation swept through the country. Again, something that should sound really familiar. I can't stress to you enough the importance of understanding our history and where we've been. So go listen to 6020, the election of 1960 and its echoes today, wherever you listen to your podcast at. And now let's get back to our episode. You mentioned it it doesn't have to be that way, and we've been shaped that way. And that kind of brings me to this question. This is... This is deeper than a confidence issue, right? This is, this is, mm. your word was, this is ancestral. This is psychological. This is historical. This is, this is internal, right? This is how we have been shaped. So keeping that in mind, mm. how do we overcome or how do we beat this thing if our entire being is so tied to our history and the pain that lives generationally through us is what's creating this in the first place? How are we to overcome that? when we're still stuck in a position of fighting the same battles that we've been fighting for years upon years upon years? It's a few things. Um, part, of, part of what's possible even with this conversation is giving language to this tendency, right? Giving language to this experience right. of feeling like a fraud, right? And that, and that is a gift to actually have language to name our challenges, to have language to name um, our struggles. Yeah. Because without language, we can't really talk about it and without or, or even choose, right, how we want to relate to it. So part of it is just what, what's happening here, right, is just seeing and naming. And, and that takes muscles, right? It takes muscles to actually notice how imposter, imposterism shows up in our lives, right? For some of us, it shows up 
Um, it shows up in the ways that, you know, so I'm just thinking about some of the, what shows up in some of the work I do um, with folks in, individually and, and with groups. For some of us, it shows up um, in a kind of perfectionist tendency, right? Where um, we, no matter, no matter what we do, right? It's never perfect enough, right? Whether it's the, the, the work of art that we put out in the world, it's the, the email that we craft, it's the, the podcast we create, um, a kind of sense that it needs to be absolutely perfect. Otherwise, right, I won't, it's not going to be, won't be worthy. Right. right? Um, for some of us, it shows up in, you know, how um, we really need to, to have the answers. We really need to know, right? Um, in order to feel worthy. Or for some of us, it's we really need to have people feel loved right, when they're around us. We really need to make people feel comfortable. And, and so part of it is just learning our patterns, right, that, that show up, that are coming from a sense of imposterism, right? right. Um, and the more that we can study and learn how those um, tendencies, the kind of reactive kind of tendencies, how they show up, the more we can see them, um, the more we can then be in choice. So part of it is is doing that work to learn how it shows up in our lives and then come from a place of compassion, right? From a place of compassion, starting to allow ourselves to, to, to reframe the narratives at play. When we talk about mental illness in the past and we use this, this concept of normalizing it versus recognizing it, right? Mm. I want to apply that same filter here. You just talked about like different ways this can look to a person. But in this moment, consider the person who is suffering with this and just has no clue that's what it is. Right? They just operate daily thinking they are not enough. What is it that that person can do or how can they begin to better recognize what it is that they're really dealing with? Because I, I guess it, you can't begin to really, you can't change it until you can recognize it. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we can't even recognize it without just talking about it. Yeah. Right. And so I would say the first thing is just talking about it. Right. So many of us, so as a, as a black man in the, you know, raised in the United States, um, you know, in, in the culture that I've come from that, you know, that, that, <laughs> that many of us have come from, there's a, there's a norm of, not talking about these types of challenges, of not talking about our struggles or our feelings or our um, experiences that can be challenging. And so talking about it, right, is, is, is absolutely necessary in order to um, experience any possible movement from it, you know? And so part of that means reaching out, right? Just like reaching out to, to, to loved ones, right? Reaching out to, to folks we trust, reaching out to community, mm. right? Um, and just say, you know, this is what I'm experiencing right now. You know, I, yeah. I, this is just what's going on for me. And not even, not even having any specific question necessarily, right? But just, just sharing. And part of that creates the conditions to, um, to, to feel the support we need, right. right? To be able to then, you know, get more resource. But it just starts with acknowledging you are not alone. Right, right, right. Right. None of us are alone. You're not alone. This is a human thing. Right. In the imposterism, uh, the, the syndrome itself or, or, or the whole thought process, can that really become something positive or yield a, a, a more of a motivation to drive people to success? Yeah, and I love that. I love that question. Um, and I love that. I love the idea that, you know, it could be something that's, um, positive. I, I would say that there's a difference between um, feeling like a fraud, feeling like one doesn't belong, right? Feeling that um, there's a, no, no achievement is enough, right? Um, mm -hmm. I'd say that's different than um, having a vision and having a um, sense of confidence, right? That um, that one one cares about, that one one dreams of, is possible. So um, the, the, the way that you're describing, you know, faking it till you're making it, I would say, um, you know, to me, that is a healthy, beautiful practice. It can be, 
if we're talking about a vision, something that you stand for, right? Something that you want to create in this world. There's something that you want to, to bring forth in this world, whether it's you know your own experience of success or something in the service of the collective. You stand for it. It's so important to you. And so no matter what it takes, you're going to act as if it's true. Yeah. You're gonna act, you're gonna act as if you have the the muscles, right? And and in a way, does that can that change your circumstances in the world? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's the, I'd say that's that's different than the kind of imposterism that says I don't belong, right? That's I think what what we're talking about here is um, a vision, right? That we're just stepping into, right? A sense that, like, actually, I am greater than I even know, mm. and that and that is um, that's a beautiful, healthy uh, position, I'd say, yeah. most definitely. Now, do you think so? So it's kind of it sounds like a thin line, right, between. Maybe an extreme level of confidence and potentially a very small level of confidence. Um, Mm. And and I don't necessarily know if that's that's you know directionally appropriate because even even you know folks who are are in the sense of being you know an imposter, they still may display a a a degree of confidence externally, Mm -hmm. but internally it may not reflect that way. What do you what do you think about like like how that plays out, right? Is it is it is it really like a thin line between confidence or is it or is it something different? I think what's helpful is if we if we get clear on the underlying stories, beliefs, and assumptions that are at play with our behavior, right? How we show up. You know, and so with with a number of folks that I work with, I see people, and I've experienced this myself in my own life, who will do everything that they can with an incredible sense of ambition and drive. Like, I'm going to be the top dog. I'm going to get at the, the, the top of whatever, right? whatever the organization, whatever the community. Like, I'm going to be number one, and I'm going to get all the trophies I can along the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? A kind, of, a kind of serious over, like a, it, what is it? I mean, that's the Mamba mentality, we call it, right? Like a kind of uh, belief that, just uh, thinking about the way Kobe Bryant's spoken about this, many people speak about a kind of, serious drive to achieve. Yeah. If there is an underlying belief that says my sense of worth, my identity is wrapped up in my achievements. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Then that might be something different, right? That might be mm-hmm. that might that often, right, is something that can get in our own way of our true, authentic expression. We say, you know, I am my achievements, I am my accomplishments. That's a common narrative of many of us, right? Yeah, that, that I am, <laughs> right, what I do, and so I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm just going to be confident, loudest alpha voice in the room, <laughs> right? <laughs> And just and just do do the best that I can, make all the achievements that I can along the way. Yeah. Um, so when that's come, when that's a kind of extreme um, kind of form of um, kind of ambition in that way, um, the faking it till you're making it extreme, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that sometimes can get in our own way. And so we just want to get clear on the like, what's driving that, <laughs> right? What's behind it? I, I want to ask almost the opposite question to, you know, can it be a motivator, right? Can it push you to drive forward? I, I want to. And I'll balance this with a personal story, but I want to ask is, or can this issue lead to something more? Can it lead to depression? Can it, can it increase stress levels and have physical manifestation? And the reason I ask that question is because most of us manage a lot. And I know I manage a lot and have a lot on my plate. And one of the things I pride myself in is the ability to manage through it. But but recently for me, in the last, I'd say, two or three months, I found myself in a place where it was too much, and it, it began to manifest in me physically. And, and what happened to me was I would start to deal with racing thoughts. I would try to go to bed, and I couldn't. And my mind was on 300, right? What would happen is I'd wake up in the morning after I finally did go to sleep, and no matter what time I woke up, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, the moment... I hit consciousness. My mind, my mind would begin to race so much so that I couldn't go back to sleep again. And for me, that was a sign that, okay, something's wrong. I don't know what it is, 
but something's wrong, so let's go seek help. Mm. And the question I really want to tie to this is, if you're dealing with this imposter syndrome and you're not managing it and you're not seeking help for it and you're not communicating and talking to those that you love and you trust, can it be a gateway to something more serious? Thank you for sharing that. And I just want to acknowledge like you, you noticing it, right, as it showed up in that experience that you had with your sleep and then seeking out help. I think we have to elevate that just for a minute, right? Just acknowledge that that's not something many of us do. Appreciate that. And so, and so you're just modeling, I think, a healthy practice in just reaching out for help, right? Just just reaching out. So um, can it lead to something more dangerous or more challenging or more harmful? Right. Absolutely. I mean, when we, when we have a sense that um, there's, it doesn't matter how much I do, it's not enough. When, when we have a, sense that um, there's just there's just so much I need to do in order to feel like I'm on I'm, I'm in a sense of agency and that I'm worthy and that you know when we when that is so significantly huge and and overbearing it can lead to all types of um, challenges and and illnesses I mean Carolyn Meese the the writer and teacher you know says that our um, biography becomes our biology. Mm. And so in a way, if we consider that the biography of our lives, the events of our lives, when they aren't attended to, they actually manifest physically yeah. in less than, you know, in dangerous ways sometimes. We just think about all the chronic illnesses of our, you know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that all chronic illness is because of, um, of the experiences of our lives, right? There are lots of different ways to make sense of this, but I'm just acknowledging your question, Vince, absolutely, right? And so that's, that's one of the reasons why um, sourcing the, the opportunities for um, care right. for our experiences is just so critical and right. so important, right? Including this thing, this beautiful thing called community, right? <laughs> right, which is, which is the simplest, freest medicine yeah. <laughs> you know, available. Right, to all of us. It's, it's funny you brought that up because um, we're 15, 20 minutes away from the end of the episode. And, and now I kind of want to shift to how do we manage it? How do we, how do we cure it? How do we treat it? You know, whatever the right word is. And the question I want to ask is, is you provided a great bridge when you brought up the, the word community. So mm-hmm. understanding that when we talk about a lot of the systematic problems, the societal problems that we as black people often suffer from, Part of the answer is often in community, right? In community, in unity, in voice amplification. So when it comes to something like this, like I'm going to use the words you use, source of dis-ease as opposed to imposter syndrome. When it comes to this source of dis-ease, is there a societal component that can help us to manage it and potentially move past it? When I said earlier, and we were talking about the power of talking about our experiences, right? Just mm-hmm. like sharing our experiences. So, so when we do that in community, right? When, when any of us do this in community, regardless of our positions in any type of, you know, family or organization or whatever, right? When we share our own experiences with imposterism or some of these types of challenges, when we actually share, um, someone else, right, feels witnessed and seen in a way that they really didn't even realize they needed. And then they can begin to um, experience the type of healing or relief or choicefulness that's needed. Mm-hmm. And so that's the power of sharing in community and being in community. Like Vince, you share something, right? That tr- triggers something in one of your listeners, right? And then they discover something, oh, like me too, right? And so there's a real power in that. Um, before, before even reaching out to community, or even when we do reach out to community, there are other types of practices we can take up right, in community, um, to find a greater sense of choicefulness. We want to be more choiceful in our lives, right? Um, and so there, you know, one of the ways that um, I, I think and talk about um, some of the practices we can take up in community around imposterism, for example, is, you know, just the four R's, you know, and, and in a way, alliteration is always so seductive. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just helpful <laughs> to remember stuff, you know, but, um, you know, recognize, rewrite, reach out, and replenish, right? And so, first, say, say know, that for the listeners one more time. Yeah, and so, so recognize, right? We start just by recognizing 
the narratives at play, right? And recognizing the imposterism as it shows up. We do this, we can do this in community, right? And we do this on our own too. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, we rewrite. I mean, we rewrite the narratives. Thirdly, I'll, I'll say more about each of these in a minute, but th thirdly, we reach out, right? We need to reach out. And, and we may even just, even if we just do that alone, right? <laughs> like right, that's, right. That's a huge gift and blessing, right? And then fourthly, replenish, meaning, you know, we need to bring in care and compassion to ourselves always, right? Always, even if it's just like allowing, like breathing, you know, even if it's just, right, just saying, you know what, I just need some space right now. Um, so when I say recognize, rewrite, reach out, replenish, I mean, the some of that work up front, you're right, is just around learning the narratives at play in community. You know, in community, we can talk about what are the, are we just explore, what are the underlying beliefs I have, right, that have led me to, um, to to uh, pursue the the life and lifestyle that I am that leads me to feel like a fraud, right? What are the underlying beliefs and what what is what history has happened that's shaped that? You know? And then what's the new belief? We need to upgrade, right? If I had an old belief that says I am my achievements, right? like I am what I do, and if I'm not and if, and, and if I'm not doing enough. <laughs> That I'm a fraud, right? If I'm right. not, I'm not the top dog, or I'm not, you know, that I'm a fraud. So we need a new belief. We got to upgrade our beliefs, and we can do that in community. You know, we just reach out. You know, like what's I'm struggling with this. You know, this belief, this narrative, this sense that you know I'm not enough, or I'm a fraud. Like what's what am I not seeing? What's a different way I could see this? You know, right. and then we replenish. We got to care for ourselves. We need to bring in some compassion, some love, some, you know. Just whatever it is, you know, if it's music is our medicine, if dance is our medicine, if just, just you know, a, a social distance elbow bump, like whatever, like whatever it is, right? Like we got to bring in some, some care, you know? So these are some of the, these are things that can unfold in the power and care of community. Um, and it's necessary because we can't really, can't hold this stuff alone. Cannot. Looking at these four R's, is there a place where we're doing okay right now? And is there one of these R's that we're really, really struggling with? I would say that self-awareness is a lifelong journey. True story. <laughs> and so um, we can, we can feel day. like we know who we are every single day. Yeah. Like we, we can have a sense, you know what, I've, you know, 38 years on the planet. I know my stuff. I know my patterns. I know my beliefs. I know my gifts, right? Learning every day. <laughs> learning every day. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'd say there's always work to do in recognizing, right? The first part is recognizing our beliefs and behaviors, right? How we show up in the world is often outside our purview, you know? Like it's, it's we, all, we have blind spots as human beings, right? And so that's part of the reason why community can, and seeking feedback can be so helpful, right? right? Collecting feedback, like this is another practice we can do, right? Is actually collecting and revisiting dope feedback from our people, right, you know? Right. <laughs> like, where do you, how do you see me, like, when do you see me shine? Vince, our, when do you see me shine? Right, you, we ask our people this, like, when do you see me come alive? When do you see me at my best? Right, yeah. What right. does that look like? And that's a, that's a, that's a, that could be dangerous, right? Because, it, it, so, and I'm going to flip this a little bit, right, to where we, we've been talking about it as if an individual is not an imposter. But what if they are? Mm. What if they are a fraud? Like, what if they know that they are? And they know this is not, you know, the space that they should be in, but it's really what, what they've been in mm -hmm. and they are actually that fraud that real imposter what did you say about trump oh i'm sorry sorry oh My he apologies. he he been that sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> or some of these recent stories we've had right about people posturing as black correct yeah. right yeah yeah so yeah. so you know and then and then something happens and then right they get, get exposed called, called in they get it there's an exposure right and then some type of process of you know uh, an attempt at reconciliation and and forgiveness and and healing and you know whatever that is, um, I I mean all that is real right and so like we we I, it seems helpful and healthy to be held accountable to authenticity right, yeah. as a human being 
Absolutely. Right? But lovingly, right? So they're, I would say they're probably, they're healthy ways to do this, right? They're healthy ways, like cancel culture, right? Is one choice, <laughs> you know? And then there are other, other choices on how we lovingly hold people accountable to what it means and looks like to be authentic. But at the same time, I'd say we are all imposters in a way as human beings. I mean, I think about the word person, like literally like the meaning of the word person, which like, I'm not, I know I don't study words for a living, but like, but, but you know, purse apparently coming from uh, the, the, you know, Latin per sun, meaning sound, sun, you know, sound and, and per meaning mask. So being a person is, it's actually about a sound through a mask, mm. meaning that we all carry masks in a way, our personalities. We all have egos in a way that perform certain things in order to feel like we belong, right? In order to feel like we're, we're safe, secure, and worthy. True. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm flipping this, right? <laughs> Just to say in a way, right, this is a human thing. And part of what we want to do is locate the way the masks that we hold, right? The imposterism that we all may practice, how it shows up and what would it look like when we drop into a sense of what's most important to us, who we are, the truth of our heart, our gifts, our talents, what we're here to do in this world. Part of me is, is acknowledging, yes, sometimes like frauds exist. Yes, <laughs> like, like yeah. imposters exist, right? We have examples of that in popular culture. The most right? scammers. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. and we need accountability for that you know we need accountability Mm -hmm. for that Um, but at the same time we can also bring a sense of compassion to consider wow you know what what must happen for a human being to feel the need to pose that was a hell of a breakdown of the the word person i I never even thought about it in that capacity at all A, a mask and a sound yeah I mean, as if a and, person and, is a play, man, as if a person is a play, as if a person is an actor and the play is our relationships, the yeah. stage is our life. It, did, it took me all the way back to one of my favorite poems is um, Paul Lawrence Dunbar's We Wear the Mask. Mm. Right. And it, it brought an extra meaning to how I've always interpreted and personalized that poem. So, like, like, like you've been telling us, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Mm. One other question yeah, no. that I want to ask is. As people do begin to recognize, going back to your four R's, when they do begin to recognize that they're dealing with this source of disease and they talk to someone about it, right? When they extend their trust and begin to confide in the people around them. As you're talking to the people around them, how do you advise they help, right? Because being uninformed or wrongly informed and then passing that information on to someone in need of help mm. can be damaging. So mm-hmm. like, get mm-hmm. your fake ass out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need that. We don't need that. Right. Yeah. What, what do you say to the, the people positioned to help? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and in a way, that's all of us, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. So when someone reaches out, right? I mean, talking about love, right? Can we talk about love? Like, can we, can we talk about Um, what it actually looks like to tell somebody that your sense of identity, right? And your sense of worth are not the same thing. Like you are, you are inherently gifted, right? As a human being, right? All of us, right? And so part of it is reflecting to people the, the beauty and the grace and the, the, the gifts that you witness, right? Part of it is reminding folks there's a divine dignity, if I can say that, or an inherent dignity, right, that we have that is not driven by external validation. But this is what you bring. And so I'm saying, right, reflection is a gift for people, for people to truly feel witnessed and seen. This is what you bring into the world. That's one, that's one practice we can do from a place of care and compassion. The other is to just listen, right, and just hold mm-hmm. space. Right? It's actually just hold space. We don't need to fix someone else's imposterism. In fact, we can't, mm. nor, is it, nor is it healthy to, I would say. Mm. It's, it's, that's an illusion, <laughs> right? But we can just hold space and, and do this thing, this radical thing, 
called listening, <laughs> you know, in a way that allows someone to feel listened to like they've never been listened to before. You know, I'm just, I'm struggling with this thing. Gosh, you know, and, and then we bring in these muscles called empathy or whatever it is, you know, like that must be hard, right? Man, I think there is a tremendous amount of power in giving people permission to not act, right? Mm-hmm. As you said, holding space. Because I think so many of us jump into our superhero shit and they turn mm-hmm. into, how can I help you? Or, or, or even worse, they don't ask how they can help you. They just begin helping you. And, and the ability to tell someone, hey, just sit down and listen to them might be the best thing that you can do for them. I think there's a tremendous amount of power in that. Something that we yeah. need to take to heart much more than we do. Because I know on a mm-hmm. daily basis, I run into people trying to tell me what the hell to do. And I said, I, first off, I didn't even ask you, so. <laughs> well, look, Didier, man, this, Se- has, been, this has been a yeah. great conversation. Um, we are running to the end of time. And we always like to hand the mic over to our guest and allow you to address the wild black audience directly, tell them any and everything that's on your heart to share and just improve them. And you've got enough time to make it happen, man. Just use some of those powerful words you have and tell them what you need to tell them. Appreciate that. I mean, it's been an honor, you know, just to share this space and have this conversation and you know, at the moment, I'm just feeling moved to just remind us all that being human is the work of our lives. If we want to be fully human, part of that requires giving ourselves permission to experience what it is that we experience, to feel what it is that we feel without the tendency or the hunger to change it, to control it, to fix it away. When we do that, when we start to actually begin to give ourselves permission, that, you know what, this is, this is, I feel limited. <laughs> I feel challenged. Um, there's, there's dis-ease right now. We start to create conditions, the possibility of coming into a greater intimacy with the inherent gifts we carry, with the inherent dignity we embody. There's an inherent dignity we all embody. And part of this journey in being human is remembering that inherent dignity, remembering that power. No one can take from you, ever. Mm. So it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful opportunity to just be, um, you know, human beside you all, right? It's just like, we're just doing our best, right? We're just doing our best. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for the, the chance to, to connect, connect with your listeners, Art and Vince, appreciate, appreciate the space here. Absolutely. This is, a, yeah. this is something I, I don't get the opportunity to say much. But brother, those were beautiful words that you laid out. And I know I am appreciative of the time, the words, and the energy that you put into us today, the podcast, and the listeners. Um, I've absolutely got to ask you, brother, do you mind sharing your contact information, social media, website, whatever it is that you want to share? So the people can reach out to you, get in contact with you, book you, get help from you, anything. Yeah, you yeah, know, I appreciate that. Um, you know, that's why I'm here, you know, so, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, so to connect, right? And just we're here to, to bring our gifts to the world, bring, you know, be of service to each other, you know, so appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, on, on, on social, on Instagram, it's double underscore, uh, my full name, DDA Sylvain, double underscore. Um, D-I-D-I-E-R-S-Y-L-V-A-I-N, um, double underscore before and after. And, um, you know, it's my full name.com, uh, is, uh, is my website and, you know, I'm just honored and just grateful for the chance to spend this time with you all. Really appreciate it. Brother, we appreciate you. Art, man, you got anything in closing, brother? I got one comment. Um, 2020 has been incredibly difficult on, on mm. many different fronts, on many different dimensions of every single one of our lives. And I think if, if I had to narrow the, the message down today to one statement, it would be, take care of you. Mm. And, and what that means is really get in tune with your star player. Um, pay attention to yourself, take care of yourself. 
and begin to do some self-care, some self-realization, and some self-reflection. And the only journey or the most important journey in your life is the journey of your life. Cool. Well, while Black listeners, this has been an amazing episode. I hope you got something from it. Didier is an awesome resource. Please reach out to him. Uh, In closing, the only thing I'll say is take care of yourselves. Listen Mm -hmm. to you. Be proactive. Be preventative. And act. Do not wait. Do not let something grow into a bigger issue. Act now. Pay attention to your body. It doesn't lie to you. And with that, Bob Black, we love you. We out. Peace. Peace. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba da ba ba ba.